This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 15 of Surah Fatir, which is on page number 583 of the Noble Quran that we're using. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الناس أنتم الفقراء إلى الله والله هو الغني الحميد إن يشأ يذهبكم ويأتي بخلق جديد وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزٍ وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وِزْرَ أُخْرَى وَإِن تَدْعُ مُثْقَلَةٌ إِلَى حِمْلِهَا لَا يُحْمَلْ مِنْهُ شَيْءٌ وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَى إِنَّمَا تُنْذِرُ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ وَمَنْ تَزَكَّى فَإِنَّمَا يَتَزَكَّى لِنَفْسِهِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ وَمَا يَسْتَوِي الْأَعْمَى وَالْبَصِيرِ وَلَا الظُّلُمَاتُ وَلَا النُّورُ وَلَا الظِّلُّ وَلَا الْحَرُورُ وَمَا يَسْتَوِي الْأَحْيَاءُ وَلَا الْأَمْوَاتُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُسْمِعُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَمَا أَنْتَ بِمُسْمِعٍ مَنْ فِي الْقُبُورِ إِنْ أَنْتَ إِلَّا نَذِيرٍ سلناك بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وإن من أمة إلا خلا فيها نذير وإن يكذبوك فقد كذب الذين من قبلهم جاءتهم رسلهم بالبينات وبالزبر وبالكتاب المنير ثم أخذت الذين كفروا فكيف كان نكير بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وَمَنْ تَبِعَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ وَبَعْدٍ My dearest mothers and sisters, a very warm day this morning in Harare. I think I haven't seen 35 degrees on my little thermometer in a long time, but we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this beautiful heat, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the coolness and the calming through rain that will be beneficial for us, and that will not, that will not be destructive. Ameen. Mothers and sisters, beautiful verses. Surah Fatir. This is the surah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just like he has revealed all other surahs. 
But the messages differ from surah to surah. These verses are so powerful, so beautiful, they show us how dependent we are on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how independent Allah is not only of us but of all His creatures. Anything He has created, He does not need it at all. But with us, we are totally and absolutely dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every single aspect of existence. So Allah says, Ya ayyuhannas, O people, O mankind. For the translation, I'm going to be using the Sahih International that we've distributed in this session. It's page number 426 in that Sahih International without the Arabic. So it says, O mankind, you are those in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whilst Allah is the free of need, the praiseworthy. So the free of need, al-ghani, one who is absolutely independent. If you look at the term faqir, antumul fuqara, you are the fuqara. So each one of us is a faqir ilallah, which means we are in absolute need of Allah. We are the ones who are in need of Allah. Allah does not need us. Allah is free of any need and He is all praiseworthy. So whether you worship Him or not, He is still full of praise. The negative we do does not affect Allah negatively. The positive we do does not benefit Allah in any way. It benefits us or if it was bad, it would hurt us. It would return to us, not to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever I do is for my benefit. Whatever harm I would do would be to my detriment. May Allah protect us. So Allah is saying, oh man, I don't need you. You are in need of me. From this we learn that it's up to us to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the next verse he says, if he wills, he can do away with you and bring forth a new creation. Two things. If Allah wills, he can delete us, he can destroy us, he can replace us with others. And if he wills, he can replace mankind with another creation altogether. So if we are not going to worship Allah, it's not like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to suffer a loss, but it's us who are going to suffer. My mothers and sisters, life is very, very, very short, extremely short. Before you know it, you and I will have left this world. So what is the point of 60 years, or should I say between 60 and 70 years on average, if we're lucky, what is the point of it if we were to just enjoy ourselves and make the most of this short life? And do you think for a moment there's not going to be something after death? Something is not going to come. We're not going to return to he who made us in the first place. As sophisticated as man thinks he is with a brain that he thinks is the top brain ever, he does not know where he was before he was born. He has no answer. Where were you before you were born? No clue. No even clue. He's only got to guess. Or he has to believe revelation. So we are the ones who believe revelation. There are others who guess and their guessing will never ever get them anywhere. The same applies. As sophisticated as man's brain might be, ask a question, where do you go after you die? They have no clue. Absolutely no clue. Not even a guess. They cannot guess. There is only revelation to guide us. Others will tell you, do you know what, we get back into uh, creation again, reincarnated, this happens, that happens, we become birds or snakes depending on whether we did good or bad and so on. All this is a waste. 
Because revelation is what tells us that your soul lives on. It goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it will live on forever and ever. What did you do to prepare for the afterlife? My mothers and sisters never ever lose focus on that. Not even for a split moment. The reason is, today in the world, we pack away a lot of our wealth so that we can save, we can buy, we can invest, our children can do good, and you know, later on they can pray for us and so on, or they can enjoy the wealth and whatever, but we forget to pack away for the akhirah. Your salah is packing away for the akhirah. Your proper dress code is packing away for the akhirah. The upbringing of your children that you've afforded them in a powerful, beautiful way with all their values and so on, the Islamic values instilled within them, the respect of other creatures and so on, all that would come to your benefit in the akhirah. My mothers and sisters, let's never lose focus. Today, the world is such that materialism is shoved down our throats to the degree that we think that that's the only thing we are going to live for. So everyone is after the latest of everything. We're all included. To a certain extent, everybody is included, including some of the most pious people. They still have nice clothes and sometimes beautiful mobile phones. They're following the next phone and so on. You know, the iPhone 5 is out. Now there's an iPhone S and so on. And then after that, you'll have another one and so on. Now there's a pure gold one and what have you. So many things people start following. And even if we're not following it, at least we read about it. We see. And sometimes we say, wow, the world is moving so fast. You know, recently I was in the UK and I learned a lot, subhanAllah. Technology is so, so vast and it is far more than me and you can even dream of at the moment. I think we are perhaps 50 years behind what is actually happening on the ground. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. But it will not end. When we go, they will have other technology. Just like now that we are here, the previous generations would not even have had a clue as to the type of technology we would have. So all this, yes, make use of it, enjoy it within the limits for the right reasons. Pack away as much as you can of the day we are going to meet Allah. Preparation for the day we are going to meet with Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why Allah says, you are in need of Allah whilst we are absolutely independent, full of praise. No matter what you do, Allah is still ghaniyun, hamidun, independent, full of praise. Those who swear Allah doesn't affect him, he's still full of praise. Those who praise him, it doesn't affect him. He's still full of praise. So who does it affect? It affects them. You want to do good, it will help you. You want to do bad, it will come back to haunt you. Allah says that. You want to do bad, it will come back to visit you. Call it what you want. It will definitely come back. But there's a beautiful way out. What is it? Repent to Allah. Ask Allah's forgiveness. Ya Allah, I've wronged. I made a mistake. Ya Allah, forgive me. And so on. And this is why revelation is there. To guide us. To keep reminding us. We don't like reminders by nature. The nature of man is such that when he or she is told bluntly that you are wrong, he doesn't like it. He won't like it or she will not like it. But we need to make ourselves those who can surrender to what is right. And this is why Allah has given us a brain in order for us to get closer to Allah, not for us to drift away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, verse number 17, and that is not difficult for Allah. What is not difficult for Allah? To replace us with a different creation altogether. That's simple. Allah can do it. He's already done it in the past where He's deleted nations and communities, replaced them with others. And He can do it. In the next verse, Allah says, and no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another. 
no one's sins shall be placed on another person's shoulders. This is something very, very simple and it's quite easy to understand. If you take a look at the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the only exception to this is, and it's actually not an exception, but what it is, is it's an explanation. When we have taught people to do bad, we keep on getting the sin of the deeds that they will do because we taught them to do it. So it's a multiplication in the sense that if I taught a person how to steal, every time they steal, I will also be achieving an equivalent sin because the source was myself. The same applies if we were to teach goodness. Every time someone engages in goodness, we will achieve a reward of it because we were the ones who taught them. This is why the source of all goodness, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this ummah, definitely every deed that is done by every single member of the ummah, the full reward of it goes to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, making him the highest and the best of all creation. May Allah grant us even a little bit and a small portion of such goodness whereby we can be conveying goodness and people can follow it. Rather than us shouldering the burdens of ourselves based on what we have taught others in terms of negativity. So my mothers and sisters, Ya Allah says, no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another. If I stop there for a minute, today we gossip, we talk, we worry about other people's lives, we backbite, we slander. All this is absolutely forbidden because Allah says, worry about yourself. In the process of you worrying about someone else, you could just be leading yourself into hellfire or into punishment or into a curse without realizing that whilst I was busy talking about that sister and this other sister and this brother and that person, whether it was true or not, whatever it was, I engaged in such a big sin that I lost my seat in paradise. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Or I delayed my chair in paradise or my place. Sometimes we delay. Delay meaning... You know, when you have a beautiful direct flight, the feeling is so, so good, especially if you travel a lot and you know there's a direct flight going to the place you want to go to. Such a good feeling. But if you've got to fly via this place, via that place, and if those places are not that grand, believe me, you're worried. And you start thinking to yourself, how will I, what will I do? I've got so many hours. Will, I, will this happen? With the, will that happen? And so on. So we, inshallah, we will go to paradise, but we don't want to go via a place that is not good, which is Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So if we'd like paradise, worry about yourself. This is what the Quran says. If you would like Jannah, worry about yourself. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, alaykum anfusakum. Oh, you who believe, worry about yourselves. Be concerned about your own selves, your deeds. What good did you do? What bad did you do? Watch that mouth of yours. Be protective over it. Watch those feelings of yours. Be protective over them. Don't let yourself feel or think or imagine or want to do that which will earn only the pleasure of the devil. May Allah protect us. So this is why Allah says, And if a, if a heavily laden soul calls another to carry some of its load, nothing of it will be carried, even if he should be a close relative. In simple language, what this means is, if a person has committed a lot of sins and on the day of judgment, they call someone else who's got less sins and say, look, please carry my sins, number one. Second scenario, a person has committed a lot of sins and they look at the other one uh, who's committed less sins or the one who's committed less sins looks at the one who's committed more sins and thinks 
let me just shoulder a little bit of this I might be able to carry, you know. When you're traveling together, and nowadays they allow you perhaps 30 kilos on some planes. And if you've got uh, 30 by 2, for example, you might want to scout around for someone traveling to the same destination. And you give them a broad smile and a nice big tight hug. They don't know that you're about to say, I've got a little bag, can you please take it? You know, they don't know that. But look at how excited we get when we see someone, especially we look at their luggage, hey, they've got nothing. Where are you going? I'm also going to the same place. We get so excited because we know they're going to carry our luggage for us. But that does not work when it comes to deeds. Even if it's your close relatives and you've got 31 kilos and they've got 20 kilos, they cannot carry the extra kilo for you. Not even one. They cannot. Allahu Akbar. May Allah safeguard us and protect us. So Allah is telling us, look, sort out your own mess. The beauty with these type of deeds is that a lot of the times you've got excess baggage. You can just say, I'm sorry, and delete the baggage. Imagine if I pitch up like a typical person at, at the counter and I've got 50 kilos when I'm only allowed 20. And I look at them with a broad smile and say, I'm sorry, I've got a bit more, you know. And they say, no problem, let it go. Do you think that would happen? No, it wouldn't. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we really and truly repent, we are sorry for what we did, and we, are, we, we promise Him not to do it again, Allah says we will delete it no matter how heavy it was. Gone. It's over. Allahu Akbar. So we ask Allah to protect us. Look at the beautiful example Allah gives us. Let's read it again. It says, And if a heavily laden soul calls another to carry some of its load, nothing of it will be carried even if he should be a close relative. Very simple, very easy to understand. Allah says, You can only warn those who fear their Lord unseen and have established prayer. Did you hear that? Who can you only warn? Those who fear their Lord unseen and establish their prayer. These two qualities, this is what is needed for a reminder to have the desired effect and impact within a human being. If a person does not read salah, you can read whatever you want to them, their hearts won't move. And if a person has no consciousness of Allah, they don't fear Allah unseen, they, it, nothing will bat them. May Allah protect us. Sometimes through the mercy of Allah, certain things happen in our lives that make us establish our salah. This is why my mothers and sisters, point number one, we've driven this home so many times. Do not miss a single salah. It is the most important bond between you and your maker. Do not miss a single salah. Don't. Because if you miss a single salah, these warnings will never be able to have the desired impact within you as a human being and as a Muslim. So don't miss a salah. And when you don't miss a salah, there will come a time when automatically you will feel very uneasy. When the time of salah comes and it goes without you having read that salah, you will feel so wrong, so remorseful, and you will definitely feel uneasy and you'll, you will establish it as soon as you can. May Allah protect us. Powerful hadith, the Prophet ﷺ explains the issue of those who might have missed salah because they overslept or because they forgot for some reason. The hadith says, read it as soon as you can, as soon as you remember. So, these beautiful verses have explained to us that the warner 
can only warn those who fear their Lord unseen and have established prayer. Let's try and get these two qualities within ourselves. Establish the prayer, inshallah, by the will of Allah. Come what may. Even if you are in your conveyance, you have to establish your prayer. If the time of salah is expiring, you establish that salah. And by the will of Allah, you can find out from the ulama how to fulfill that salah. I was on an aircraft and I'm sure a lot of us are uh, so many times. You don't miss a salah just because you're on a plane. You've got to fulfill it. And you fulfill it very simply. Even if you're sitting on your seat, you can fulfill it. If, you, if need be, you can actually sit as though you're sitting in the sitting position and face the other direction. On your seat, just tell those next to you, you know what, just excuse me for a moment. I just need to pray. And they won't mind, no matter who they are. They won't mind at all. So we need to understand this and we need to make sure that we do not miss a single salah. May Allah protect us from it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and whoever purifies himself only purifies himself for the benefit of his own soul. And that to Allah is the final destination. So you want to purify yourself. You're not going to purify yourself for any other than your own soul. Who will benefit? If I cleanse myself, my soul benefits. Do you know the, the shaitan, the, the jinn kind that affect people? They affect those who don't establish salah or who are sinful more than others. The reason is, it's mentioned in the Quran. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, near the end, Allah says, Do you want to know who the shayateen bother, whom they descend upon, these jinn kind and shayateen? They descend upon those who lie a lot and who are sinful. Those who create tales and stories, those who are sinful. May Allah protect us. My mothers and sisters, this is why we say when a person purifies himself, the shayateen run away from that person further than they would from an ordinary other person who has not purified himself or herself. So you want goodness? Purify yourself. Read the Qur'an on a daily basis. A little bit of it, like we've said, a small portion. MashaAllah, when we said the Sahih International is a very easy Qur'an to understand, we had an overwhelming international response. Overwhelming. When I say thousands of emails and messages to say, Please make a we need one. MashaAllah. This community, we, we managed to get one for a lot of the people. MashaAllah. By the will of Allah. The others, some of them, we managed to get a few copies. But at the same time, we can all make an effort. But the worst person is he or she who got it and still doesn't read it. Now what? Now what? You got it. Did you read it? Between, between last week or the previous week and now, how much did you read of it? Did you read a passage? Did you pick it up and did you read a bit? But if I were to tell you there's a lovely muffin recipe here, we'll know it off by heart. If, mashallah, hafid, without a ustad, without teaching, nothing. What's the recipe? You'll recite it. I mean, Allah protect us. Why? We know the entire recipe. Why? Muffins. Muffins. We all want to be called muffin by our loved ones, don't we? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and may He make us true muffins. I mean. My mothers and sisters, so this is Allah telling us, if you've purified yourself, you're doing it for your own soul. So this would mean that if you have dirtied yourself, you're dirtying your own soul. So let's try and cleanse ourselves by the will of Allah. How do you cleanse yourself? Worship Allah alone. Follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu and his path of how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and establish our prayer and all that will come into place by the will of Allah. Dress appropriately, speak properly to people and make sure that you do not engage in that which is futile. Today, I think one of the biggest challenges is that people mess their tongues with that which will result in them losing a quick 
place in paradise. And when I say a quick place, that means there is hope for us to go there, but whether it is quick or not quick, you know, it's something else. Imagine there's a long queue of people waiting to get handouts in this typhoon of the Philippines. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them ease and may He save us from something similar. And long queue and someone calls you out and dishes out everything to you and puts a little tent for you and your family and you're so like, wow, I'm a VIP here. Allahu Akbar. That is just an example of the dunya to make you smile when you think of it. What about the akhirah when people will be in a real disaster? And then Allah says, hang on, you never ever messed your tongue with the speech about someone else. So for you, we don't want to look at anything else, just go to paradise, just go straight. It was the most difficult thing to protect yourself from in the age that you lived in. Just enter paradise. It's possible that this can happen because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for any reason to grant you entry into paradise. Or me. We need to give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those reasons. And by the will of Allah, we engage in lots of istighfar and tawbah, asking Allah's forgiveness for things we know, for things we don't know, so that we can inshallah achieve that beautiful forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 19, No equal, not equal are the blind and the seeing. Those who see, those who are blind, the two are not equal. This verse is very deep. It's talking first about those who, whose eyes are opened and those whose eyes are closed. The two are not equal. One can see, one cannot see. The same applies when it comes to figuratively or from a spiritual point of view, those who are blinded and those who see the light. The two are totally different. Some people will look at you as a Muslim and they'll wonder, what are you doing? You know, what is going on here? What's this Islam all about? But those who know and they've seen the light and they've tasted the beauty of it, they will know the goodness they are in. And the two are not equal. And sometimes you have people who call themselves Muslims, but they don't know what they are in. So they don't see the light either. So they move out of the light. That has happened as well. So this is the gift of Allah. Allah is telling us that the two are not equal. We ask Allah to make us from those, not only who have good vision as in our eyes, but also those who can see what is right and what is wrong, and who can protect ourselves from that which is wrong. Amen. So Allah says, Nor are the darknesses and the light. The darkness and the light, the two are not equal. You need a brain, and you need to use it, and you need the guidance of Allah to be able to distinguish between darkness and light. You know when things happen in society, in community, uh, on a global level, anyway, you need a brain and you need to apply it. A lot of us are just enslaved by rumors and perhaps sometimes by the media and perhaps sometimes by forwarded messages and so many different things. We are so enslaved by it that we don't even realize that we haven't used our brains. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. It happens. And then when we are told, we feel bad. That no, how can this happen? But you are told, someone's being honest with you, they're being blunt and open with you to say, listen, just utilize your mind a little bit, apply it a bit, and see where you're going wrong. This, let's not become enslaved by the media, let's not become enslaved by rumors and by messages and by forwarded messages and so on. That's the problem of the age. And we're talking of a comprehensive lot of topics, not just one issue. Thousands of issues, so many things people just send to us and we send it to others and people keep on sending it in the back of your mind you think it's the truth, whereas it's not true. There are much more important things in life, but we haven't applied our mind. So Allah is telling us the blind and those who can see are not equal. So open your eyes and start looking. Open your eyes and start looking. Search, check. Allah says the darkness and the light, not the same. 
So open your eyes and figure it out. Make dua to Allah to guide you to the light. Work towards it. Amazing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Nor are the shade and the heat. The shade, if someone is sitting in the shade and someone is in the heat, the two are not the same. Not at all. And that we know today is a very hot day. For your information, this country has not seen this type of heat in my own life. I, I cannot recall a day when we've had 35, 36 degrees. I cannot recall a single day in my life. It's the hottest ever. And I think it's going to become hotter as the years pass. I'm sweating as I'm talking to you by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if I were to be in the direct sunlight, don't you think it's different from where we are right now in the shade? You guys have a fan. I don't have one. Allahu Akbar. It's very different. That small breeze that you might get will sort your problem out sometimes. A little breeze. But Allah is telling us, use that to think that everything that you see in front of you has two sides to it. Sometimes even more. But you need to make sure you open your eyes, utilize all the capacities that Allah has provided you with to distinguish between them and to benefit from the better. This is what it is. So this is the message Allah is telling us. That Allah has created the heat and He's created the cold. He's created the shade and He's created the light, meaning the direct heat of the sun. So it's up to you. You know the two. Now work towards it. So if I were to stop there for a moment, we know what will earn us Jannah and what will earn us Jahannam. So why is it that we still stand in direct sunlight when we know this beautiful air condition and shade if you only were to walk into the room? But you're standing outside. Then you complain about the heat to say it's so hot. But where were you? Allah says we created shade. Imagine. We created shade. And there is shade right next to you achievable, so close to you, why don't you try? Why don't you work towards it? So an effort is required after recognition. So we've recognized what is right and what is wrong, but an effort is required to walk towards what is right. And if we don't, we are to blame. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, not equal are the blind and the seeing, nor are the darknesses and the light, nor are the shades and the heat and not equal are the living and the dead now this is properly we know directly physically they're not equal but sometimes from a religious angle as well you find people are dead dead meaning they've got no form of spirituality in them they lead a depressed life full of partying drugs alcohol adultery, fornication, whatever else, you know, the loud beat that controls your head and your mind, the demons that come and affect us on a daily basis, and thereafter, you know, tattooing the whole body and piercing the whole body, and you're never ever happy, it carries on and on and on and on and on, until the day they die, and that's it, a waste of a life. And yet people think, wow, what a great person that was, you know, they were, they were the pop star of the age. Not realizing that in reality, those who were totally unknown sometimes led a much more content life because they recognized their maker and the fact that they're going to go back to their maker. So they were alive in the real sense. Life. You have life in you. Why? You're worshipping the one who gave you the life. So you're always going to be in a happy mode. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. You know, the point that we derive from this as well is... That every one of us knows what's right and wrong. But a lot of us still sit in the comfort of what's wrong. Because it's luxurious for us. It's, it's good. It suits 
the desire sometimes. So to fight the desire of yours to do that which is wrong from the point of view of our own maker is what, is, is what will make us the best of people, inshallah. To sit, meaning to make an effort, to make an effort to do the right thing. That is what will benefit us by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Indeed Allah causes to hear whom He wills, but you cannot make hear those in the graves. If you stop there for a moment, two things we want to talk about. The people who have been buried, can they hear you or not? That's a question. The answer to that is they only hear what Allah wants them to hear. So if you were to give them a long lecture and say, you know, uncle or dad who passed away, and someone were to sit at his grave and say, dad, you know, last week those people came home, they were arguing, and so dad can't hear a thing, not a word. If that was the case, everyone would turn on the radio and leave it connected or have a not a baby link they would call it a dead link where you put it there and they got video and audio and say right this is it in your grave the other day someone sent me a beautiful whatsapp message i laughed and i laughed and i laughed let me share it with you there was a man at a graveyard and he was saying allah which means may allah have mercy on him about the dead person what brought him to the graveyard? Today people hardly visit the graveyards. They don't make dua even for the deceased. They forget the deceased. So, you know if there's free Wi-Fi anyway. Oh, everyone wants to go there. So what this young man did, he says, when I die, just put free Wi-Fi by my grave. That's all. So these people all gone there to do what? To connect to the Wi-Fi. And they're making dua to say, may Allah have mercy on him. What a good man. Astaghfirullah. So that was more of a joke. But the point being raised is, how, how man is so excited because they're getting something totally different from what they are supposed to be at that particular place. So it's brought them there anyway. Like I told people, you want all the kids to be at the masjid, all you've got to do is have free Wi-Fi in the masjid. The only problem is you have to switch it off salat time. <laughs> I guarantee you it will bring at least 50 to 60 youngsters to the masjid. I wouldn't be surprised if women parked in the parking and waited as well. And they were all connected on free Wi-Fi. Allahu Akbar, especially if it's high speed. Mothers and sisters, you know what I'm talking about. By the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really, the world is changing and it's changing fast. We have to think of these things. I really, really am thinking of installing Wi-Fi uh, somewhere. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness and may He make us from those who can benefit the youth. No matter how, but we need to benefit them. We need to think of ways. So the point being raised here, inshallah, after we've read this verse, is the, the, the people in the graves cannot hear except that which Allah wants them to hear. So if you say, Assalamu alaikum ahl al-diyari min al-mu'minina wal-muslimin, certain words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes them hear those words. Like we know uh, regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, anyone who greets me, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places the ruh into my uh, body and I respond that particular salam, which would mean constantly there is salam upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he is constantly responding uh, to that. How exactly? We Only Allah knows, but we believe in it and we know that this happens. So when it comes to the graves of the others, it's Allah who chooses what exactly these people are going to hear. How they are going to hear it, we have no clue. We just know they hear certain the words that Allah wants them to hear. So who makes them hear? It is Allah. 
It's not me or you or anyone else. It's Allah who makes them here. And how? I've got no clue. But I know Allah makes them here. That's point number one. Point number two is, when a person is spiritually dead, you can say what you want to them. Whether or not they will take heed is in the hands of Allah. That's it. Today we've said so many words. Tomorrow we might not even be able to say direct words. There are certain people who listen to a lecture online and they change their lives. And some people listen to live lectures and they don't change their lives. In fact, they probably don't even want to listen to it. They'll tell you, I don't even want to go. Others would listen to it from afar and change their lives. So all this is in the hands of Allah. Allah says, you cannot make here whom we do not want you to make here. And who will we want you to make here? Those who strive towards us. Those who want to get close to Allah. Allah never, never ever. There is no one who tries to come closer to Allah that Allah chases away. Never ever. It doesn't happen. If you come close to Allah, even a handspan, He says, I come to you a whole foot. If you come to me walking, I come to you rushing. Powerful hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. So my mothers and sisters, you just need to try. You need to try to get closer to Allah. Genuinely. And Allah will open your doors, your doors of guidance, one after the other. And remember, the materialistic items of this world will not get you very far. Not at all, not at all. Sometimes the more you have, the further away you drift from Allah, it can happen. Or the more problems and issues you have in your home, some of the happiest people are some of the poorer people. And sometimes some of those who are embroiled in generations of battle happen to be those who have millions through the generations. This is all just a plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are a warner. In anta illa nadir. The way it's worded in Arabic, it translates exactly as this. You, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are not but a warner. You are only a warner. You warn. Indeed, we have sent you with the truth as a bringer of good tidings and a warner. And there was no nation but that there has passed within it a warner. Every nation we sent a warner to. Someone came to warn them. We sent it. We know. We wrote it down. We know what's happening. And we know what we did. So nobody can say we did not have a warner. Allah says, وَإِمِّنْ أُمَّةٍ إِلَّا خَلَى فِيهَا نَذِيرٍ Every nation has had a warner sent to them at some stage, somewhere down. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and if they deny you, oh, this is a powerful verse. This is such a powerful verse because sometimes we speak to our children, sometimes we speak to others, sometimes we speak to so many categories of people. We have different responses. And the messengers too, they spoke to their family members, they spoke to the circles which were broader and so on, and they have had different responses. So Allah says, if they deny you, then already have those before them denied. So you're not the only one that they're going to harass. You're not the only one that they're going to trouble. You're not the only one that they're going to try and block and stop. You're not the only one that they're going to deny and, and they're going to make life difficult for. They've done it already to all those before you. Amazing. Amazing. Beautiful solace achieved in the heart of those who are doing the right work. I've always said, if you're dressed appropriately, you will only know so if people have laughed at you, if people have made a mockery, if people are trying to make your life difficult. If you are a caller to that which is upright, you will only know it if people have made life difficult for you, laughed at you, tried to make things you know, difficult for you and so on. Then you know, alhamdulillah, you're heading in the right direction by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is giving comfort to Muhammad sallallahu saying, their messengers came to them with clear proofs and written ordinances 
and with the enlightening scripture, then Allah says, then I seized the ones who disbelieved and how terrible was my reproach. The punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was very, very severe. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us, to open our doors, to make us from those who can learn a lesson, to make us from those who truly understand that Allah is in absolutely no need of any one of us. We are in total and absolute need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My mothers and sisters, we pray for rain. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with beautiful and beneficial rain. This is the rainy season here within this country. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it that which will be uh, full of barakat and mercy and not that which will be of punishment. Mothers and sisters, I request your dua and I hope that we can inshallah make dua for one another. And at the same time, we hope to meet again. Until then, we say, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaha.